With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to uh, my podcast, Blog Talk. I'm your host, Jameer, and this is uh, Heavenly Places. And I'd like to thank Dorothy Carruthers for having me this evening. Um, this evening, we're actually going to talk about the Great Commission. Um so that right there, actually, I thought about this last week. And I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your salvation, Father. Um, guide us this evening, Father, Lord, as we um, go through your word, go through your scriptures, go through your promises, Father. Um, just have your way, Holy Spirit. Help the listeners out there and everything that that they're going through and everything that is on their mind. Help them to draw their attention and focus to you, Father. Um, and help me uh, teach your word, Father, Lord, so that it'll help others grow closer towards you, Father, and have a more intimate relationship and a desire to do uh, your purpose, Father, Lord, and this earth at this time. <clears throat> We all we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this evening we're going to talk about again the Great Commission. And it comes from the passage of uh Matthew chapter twenty eight verses sixteen through twenty. That's Matthew twenty eight verse sixteen through twenty. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read it. To you, you may be familiar with it, or you may get, I'm pretty sure you are familiar with it. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. When Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is uh, Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, and the Great Commission. You know, as I researched the uh, Great Commission. I looked it up, and I actually kind of wonder where that phrase came from, the Great Commission, because when you look and read the passage, you uh, actually do not see it anywhere listed in Scripture. You know, so I was like, oh, okay, so so where did that come from? And I I got to thinking, and you know, research is a lot easier these days thanks to the internet. <clears throat> you can uh, search and find out all types of information. Um, so, uh, because a lot of times we see when you uh, purchase a Bible, you see like the heading of it, the Great Commission, and it's, and it's a lot of uh, passages like that in a scripture where they have like the titles of commentary, like the Lord's Prayer. We know that one right there, right? Uh, uh, which is uh, recorded in Matthew chapter six. So you you see throughout the scripture, and there those are kind of like just like reference points. But they uh, became, uh, or somehow over the time, became common themes or phrases that we know, okay, the Great Commission, that's in Matthew uh, 28. Or uh, uh, Matthew 24, you know, that's as the, uh, like, one of the, the end time passage, passage scriptures. And then, of course, Matthew 6. I guess all the examples I'm giving you is uh, from Matthew. But, you know, First Corinthians, like you see, that's the love chapter, you know. <clears throat> anyway. So um, this great commission and this phrase, you know, I'll be getting, I was looking it up, and actually they weren't really sure when it was first used, but one of, I guess, 
one of the first recorded um, instances of it was uh, by a man named Justinian Von Wentz. Um, Justinian Von Wentz. And uh, <clears throat> he was kind of one of the, the people who, I want to say he he uh, popular, made it popular, but what he, what he did was uh, very, very impressive. Actually, he um, started, even though he didn't really go under the band of the Great Commission, but he has actually started um, a mission plan. And there were three main themes or phases or, uh, well, and which his mission was uh, to be fulfilled. Basically, he said he wanted to do these three things to the promoters, the wealthy patrons and sponsors. He wanted full-time missions, directors and secretaries, and also the missionary. He uh, he wanted uh, volunteers, uh, young married men who were volunteer, and these men would serve for two or three years. So this is kind of the plan he outlined um, kind of before anything like that was mainstream. And what he would do or, or what he had in his plan is that, uh, that prior to them leaving and going to these different places, that they would have the study of the uh, geography of the area that they was going, uh, the history of the church. They would study early missionaries. Um, for example, they studied Paul's journey, you know, Paul's journey as he went up to Rome and then Corinth and all those different places. Uh, they would study on evangelism, and then they would study the languages of wherever they were they were sent. And once in a field, volunteers they were to study also, of course, everything that was going on in the area, like the local customs and traditions, and learn the vernacular, the languages, and and they were basically to transplant or translate portions of the Bible. And send and send back regular reports to to those people who were supporting them. Um, some of the people who do that today, like we have a, I was involved with campus ministry one time, and they actually do that on campuses here in the United States of uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, where they have ministers who are in a sense voluntarily being sponsored by people who are who are well off financially, and they pray for them to minister the gospel on campuses throughout uh, the nation of America. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they they do it international too. Um, this uh, man, Justin Von Wentz, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but it's uh, Justinia, I'll spell it for you, J-U-S-T-I-N-I-A-N, Von, V-O-N, um, W-E-L-Z. So he was like, created these three freight uh, phases, you know, which um, it's kind of like, even though he didn't really call it, but it's kind of like sort of like the, uh, the origin of uh, the uh, great commission. And actually it was, a, it was a gentleman that came after him, um, Hudson Taylor, who actually made the uh, phrase popular. Um but up until this point, that like, this is around like the uh, 1600s, when this Justin von Wunzel was coming up with this program, the one thing that was interesting about it was uh, the the commission, the, the Great Commission, this passage which I read to you earlier, Matthew 20 verses 16 through 20. Um, well, up until that moment, mainstream the mainstream teaching was on that passage was it was basically interpreted as having been addressed only to Jesus' disciples living. Basically, so what that saying is uh, basically everyone who was there when Jesus said that, which included the 11 disciples, and many scholars believe that what was uh, 500 people there, um, basically scholars at that time, the majority of them interpreted this Matthew 28, what we call the Great Commission, um, now as only for them. Only for the 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 eleven uh, apostles and those the the other five hundred people who were there, you know that 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 was them. That was their job. And then after they did that, then that was done with. There's no need no need really to uh, do that. That was kind of the, the the teachings. So basically, in the 1600s, that's what, that's what was going on. Um, 
in this scripture, but uh, we know that uh, there were there were other witnesses and things going on, but it was nothing organized, nothing really strategic, and it was commonly taught that that was just only to be applied to them. But we know we, you know, we have benefited. Not only can speak from my experience, particularly here in America, from evangelists such as Billy Graham and and many other evangelists who uh, who sort of operate on those same principles that, that, that they use, and many people have come to know the Lord through, through those uh, great men. But one thing on a side note that I actually thought about is uh, <clears throat> there there are many scriptures, you know. That uh, different ministries or some ministries they try to teach and say that that they don't apply for us today. And just think about in the 1600s, that Great Commission they didn't even call it that back then. But they said that was just for again. I don't know. I was emphasizing this again, but they were saying that was just for those 500, including the 11 disciples and everyone after that. It didn't apply to. So that right there, things they was teaching in the schools that that didn't apply to us. You know. And there and there's many scriptures like that that, that people still even do that today. For example, uh, just throwing an example is Matthew chapter ten verse eight, where Jesus says, "Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons." Freely you have received, and um, freely give. So, and then we today we have ministers who are saying that those things have ceased. Uh, there's no more healing of the sick. There, there's no more raising of the dead. There's no more um, Cleansing those who have leprosy, we have the 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 complete written word, and also we have medication, so we don't need those things, you know. Um, but if you if you were to look carefully, um, and you believe those things, actually, if you believe those things, you'd be greatly mistaken and missed out on many of the wonderful benefits of the Father. Because guess what? There are miracles going on today throughout all of the nations. I mean, people are being healed. I've been to churches where I've seen people get healed. I've seen the, the babies growing out. Um, I have never seen anyone raised from the dead. Or, thank, thank to the, thanks to the Father, I've also never seen anyone who have had leprosy. Um, but I, ha- I have seen, and I have myself been able to uh, cast out demons and, and, and see, see them speak and all kind of things. So me myself from my own personal experience, I have seen those things. <laughs> so somebody saying Matthew ten eight is saying, and I'm not saying that they're not a believer and um, and and love Jesus more more than I do, you know. But it's just I believe that they're missing out on that Matthew ten verse eight, just like many people in the 1600s are missing out on this Matthew 28 verse 18. Through 20 until this gentleman by the name Justin Von Wenzel stepped on the scene. I believe the father, you know, um, placed that within his heart. You know, he probably placed it in many people's heart, but he was the only one to receive it and move on it. Um, so let's go now back to this this scripture of the of the Great Commission because this uh it's it's saying a lot, you know. Um, uh, let's go to this verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. Um, there's some, when I, whenever I study the different passages of scriptures, I, of course I do a word study and try to do any type of history or ge- geography studies. And Galilee, you know, that, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that he told them to go to uh, Galilee out of all the different places. He didn't tell them to go to Egypt because Jesus was there one time. He didn't tell them to go to to Jerusalem or Nazareth or whatever, but he told them to go to Galilee, and that's where, actually where Jesus, has, I guess, spent a good portion of about 30, 30 years or close to it. I guess I think he was 30, but a good portion of his life he actually spent it. In Galilee, though he had lived in other places, but he told him to go to Galilee. Um, another thing that interesting about Galilee, I was trying to look for, look for it on a map, and actually, it's in an area of Israel where a lot of conflict is happening today with the uh, Palestinians. Because if you look at a map, 
um, that's kind of sort of like one of the areas is known where the where the people of Palestine live at, and it and and there are many uh, Palestinians. Um, well, actually, probably more than you suspected are actually believers in the Lord. They they believe in Jesus, you know. But of course, there are also those who are um, Muslims. But I, I thought it was interesting that he that this area Galilee, where they having all this conflict, was actually a place that uh, Jesus sort of sort of called home. But now it's like all this conflict. I mean, you you see about it on the news almost every evening. Um, where they're throwing rocks and all these kind of things or any type of weapons and, and suicide bombers. I'm not sure how much of that goes on or has been going on recently, but I know in the past, at least 10, 15 years ago, there have been a lot of people just strapping bombs on them and going to buses or public places and, and blowing themselves up. But I'm not sure again, what the numbers are that especially recently. Um, so that Matthew 16, again, Jesus tells them, the go to Galilee. So I believe that's a very significant place. And I believe all that conflict that's going on there today is because uh, the enemy, he, he just wants to destroy everything related to the things of our father. And particularly, he knows that uh, Jesus spent a good portion of it. So he causes conflict in that area. <clears throat> um, that's something I want to point out in verse 16. Then moving down to verse 17, it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. Um, but some doubt it. So in verse 16, it just talked about the 11 disciples, but I believe this verse 17, and there's also scholars, we know, uh, I believe that, uh, or we know that they were actually more than the 11, the uh, apostles, disciples that were there with them in Galilee. And we see that man, he he's raised from the dead, <laughs> dead, you know, and people was worshiping and then, Despite probably some of them probably actually seeing him on the cross, or they they heard about it, maybe they didn't see it personally, but some of them probably did see it. And then people were still doubting, and that right there that that just shows you that that um, even though sometimes people can see a miracle right in front of them, and guess what, their their heart is still going to be hard where they doubt, just like uh, the great King Pharaoh. When he's seen all those miracles, you know, that he hardened his heart because he doubted. Maybe maybe he didn't doubt, but he still hardened his heart because he couldn't relate to to the miracles and the father bringing, his, bringing not his people, but the people who he was saving, but the father's people out of captivity. You know, sometimes we have uh, miracles in our own life. Or some people might have miracles that happen and they don't realize that they don't see it, you know, right in front of them. And I'm, I'm not saying all the time it has to be uh, water turning into blood or someone's legs growing out or, or and things like that. But it could be something small or simple like uh, when uh, they was having a Passover meal, Jesus told them to go see a man who was going to have a donkey prepared for them. You know, that right there is a scripture that you can read over quickly but that right there in itself is uh, to me at least a miracle that they want there number one but number two that it's some that there was something there waiting for them and we, we didn't have nobody walking on water or no um donkey floating out of the sky but still that that's a provision of, and a miracle of the father and sometimes we're we're looking for all the, these different miraculous things but our father he's he's moving and the little things as well <laughs> and doing great things. So it's important for us to always have our spiritual eyes and discernment open, you know, and of course we should, um, I'm not saying we should accept everything, but we should be very tedious, meticulous. And, and maybe sometimes you yeah, scrutinize some of the things we see, is this really from the father or what, you know? So we should, we should, we should do that because the, 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 the scripture does says, that the enemy, Satan, he comes as an angel of light, so he might be trying to come do some some things that are, uh, you know, very powerful, but but actually it's just him behind the scene. So let's try to be the ones who worship him instead of the ones who doubt. Um, verse 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. So we we see here that the authority in heaven and earth, um, that right there, um, I kind of went back and forth on that, but I believe in heaven is talking about, um, I believe Jesus already had authority in heaven, like the highest heaven. But also I believe it might be uh, like the atmosphere. Sometimes the scripture refers to the atmosphere like you ever hear the first, second, third heaven. Um, sometimes the atmosphere is referred to as a heaven. So I believe that. And also the earth which we dwell on, you know. Um, during this time, he was, uh, or right before this time, he was given authority to have the being. It says it has been given to him, you know. And then just because of that fact, he says, therefore, you know, therefore, so because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, um, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it says, go, go to all nations. Um, so no, no one, <laughs> you know, no one should be left out, out of this. And we know, um, from just like testimony and from some some of the recorded records, that many of the disciples went to different parts of the world. Uh, I believe um, I'm trying to remember Mark. I think he went to. I can't remember now, but but I know someone went to Africa and then someone went to China. And of course, we know Paul went to Europe. Then we had some that stayed in the middle in the middle area that some I believe went to India but we, they they want these places and, and the uh, the gospel, this great commission, you know, teaching them, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Holy uh, Spirit was um they was going about and doing this thing to their time, you know. Um so which is uh, to me is uh very, very amazing, you know. So we have Jesus here talking to the 500 people that were there, including the, the uh, what scholars say, including the apostles and disciples. And I got to thinking about that part right there, the whole thing. And then we know that our Father, our Father God, you know, He operates with with us down here. We're we're in time, so we got like the past, present, and future, or yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But him, it says that everything is basically all, all the same to him. So, he, like, if he makes the end from the beginning. So he's he's out of that, you know. And I, and I say that to say that uh, when Jesus, when he was talking, when he was saying these words, that was recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, he was talking to all who was listening. And I'm not just talking about those who were just in the midst, like those 500 who were there and those apostles and d- disciples. At one time, which I talked about earlier, they said that that's all who they were talking to. But our Father I mean, and Jesus, the Son, he at that time knew that he was talking to those who were there, but he also knew almost like an echo, you know, that even though he was in Galilee talking, he knew that his voice was going to go, this word was going to go throughout the world, throughout the nations for people to execute this. And and then that same word that he said in Galilee, <laughs> like one of the, the most littlest known places or actually very known because of him, but a a place that was very insignificant at the time, you know, is it has so much a profound effect on the nations, you know. Um, for example, even I mean you're a witness of that right now, and uh, just for example, Dorothy, Dorothy Carruthers She's acted on this Matthew 26, verse 16 through 20, you know. Um, I'm not sure how much traveling she's done in her, in her life, but with her YouTube channel and, and then the blog talk, um, you know, we know from uh, Jesus' experience, okay, he went to Egypt, he went to uh, Jerusalem, Israel, Jerusalem, but I don't believe he ever physically went to Rome or or other parts or further, even though Egypt is Africa, but further into Africa, I don't even believe he traveled that far. Actually, when he was in Egypt, Africa, he was a, a very young, young, young babe. And then he, I'm pretty sure he never 
went farther over there into Persia and India and all those kind of places. But yet, he was able to have so much a profound effect and universal effect without even going that far. And that's what I say that to go back to um, this, this podcast that's going on or, or the many teachings that Dorothy Carruthers have on her YouTube channel and all the different medias, the Vimo, on this blog talk. She's able to go into all nations without so much really leaving her area. And that's amazing with this uh, technology, you know, <clears throat> I know Paul and Peter and like, man, I wish we had that one. When we was here, you know, sometimes you, uh, when you're uh, talking to, to your, uh, the generations that are behind you, you like your, you like your kids or nieces and nephews or those who, who, who you may be training up like, man, I would be, if we had that in our day, like, I remember there was a time when I was real, really young, we had a, a washing machine, but it was like a, just a board. And we would put the clothes on it in the kind of like scrub it or whatever. Now we got the machines. Or when when I was a young dishwasher, our dishwashers was us. <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have no machine. You know, we were washing the dishes. <clears throat> but anyway, that Paul was like, man, when, when we was preaching and spreading the gospel, we had to walk such and such and take the boat and get eaten by or stung by snakes, and I had to walk them blah blah blah. This with y'all. Y'all can do all of this from uh, YouTube and all these Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, whatever type of media, or whatever your hand can get a hold of. You know, Scripture says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You know, so we have all these these tools that we can take advantage of to, to uh, fulfill this great commission. Um, and uh. Sorry about that. So we have all these tools and everything to uh, fulfill the um, great commission. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, and the right one thing that, that is amazing about that, sometimes we get so stuck on the four walls of church and a building that, that – uh, we expect the pastor to do these things, but this scripture right here, saying I believe we're moving into a time now where, of course, this uh, scripture actually the church means a called out ones that that we sometimes people are, aren't going to come to uh, a building. So, um, I think it was uh, it, w- it was a gentleman in Chicago, Chicago back in the fifties. I think it was his name was Moody, or I can't remember his name right now and at the time. But what he would do, he would he wasn't minister or anything like that in the church, but he would he would notice on Sundays all these these kids at the beach. So he would go there and he would have the Bible studies, and then all the bars and all that was closed on Sundays. So he would take some of those areas, and he would be having services and, and those things. And people would be getting baptized and and things like that on the beach, <laughs> you know. So sometimes we're we're just so down at these times, like okay, you go to church, you get baptized. But I believe the Father, you know, he's he's calling us to be like John the Baptist, you know, to prepare the way. You know, we're the ones in the wilderness, and we have people who are in the wilderness. They're not going to go to no four four walls because of everything they may see on TV. Some of which is true, some of it is not true because. Each church is different and each person is different, but we as individuals, you know, we need to start baptizing people. And I, I'm aware that there are people out there who, who are very false, false doctrine, but you have to be accountable to what the Father is uh, calling you to do and how he wants you to move during this this time and season, you know. Um, so that, let's go and baptize and, and make it of all nations. And, and speaking of nations, um, Actually, I, I began to think about uh, America, you know, and America is one of the, actually, you know, one of the most given nations of all the world. Whenever, like, a tragedy happens in a world, America's, Americans are given like crazy. And I'm not so much talking about the corporations or the governments. I'm just talking about the heart of the people, the the average everyday citizens, they're just pouring out money. Now, sometimes those corporations take advantage of the given citizens, and they, the people who actually need it, they don't actually get it, you know. 
but the heart of the people. And a lot of times the money does get over there to the people, you know. Um, Americans, they have built homes and opened hospitals, orphanages, all these kind of things, wells, all these kind of things I see on TV. Um, I see them giving millions and millions and millions to missions of all kinds to the nations. We see the influence of of, of this great commission happening in, in many countries, you know. Um one of the, one of the areas that uh, I wanted to focus on from the missions aspect or the nations is uh, the nation of China. And we know that is a, a communist nation, you know, but they have been affected by the Amer- Americans um, and the gospel. Uh, you know, actually, if you look at the history, Christianity has actually been recorded, I mean, it, it might have actually been before this, but what can be actually identified as a, in the 6th and 7th century uh, Christianity, he, he has been there. Um, even just on another, a side note, uh, a lot of times people think that the colonizers in Africa brought Christianity there, which they 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 did, but it was kind of like the third or fourth go-around, because Christianity was actually in Africa way before the uh, colonizers had come there, and I might have to do a study on that one sometime. But back getting back here over here to China, um, uh, actually, yeah, getting back over here to China. So we have sixth and seventh century where Christianity was first in there. Of course, there wasn't that many, but now we have this thing going on in China, like where there's a, a like a great harvest happening. Um, we know China, of course, I mentioned they were the communist government. And now China, they, they do allow religion. A lot of people think that they don't, they don't have freedom of religion. They do have religion over there, but they, they do put a hammer on it because they really don't allow assembly, like, unless it's sanctioned by the government, you know, so, but they don't have, like, any people who want to really get together. But if you do get together, they have China has a big thing where it's like the underground church, where people are having churches in their homes, people, um, or a fellowship, worship service in their homes, and caves, places where they won't be noticed. You know, they have this this great revival that's been happening for many many years now. You know, um, and right now, if you if you actually look at the numbers, uh, China's Christian population is anywhere they estimate anywhere from eighty to one hundred and thirty million Christians and that number is continue, continuing to grow. Actually, I think in America we have about a hundred and well, I, I think it's 200, 200 million Christians. So they're, they're getting close up there to us, you know, in, in, in terms of, of numbers, you know, of, of Christianity growing. But in America though, I, I see our numbers not growing as much. Actually, I believe we're kind of like or 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 um, declining, not growing so much, and that's because a lot of things we see on the church and all this kind of stuff, and a lot of focus is, is um, not emphasized on on the things that our Father has done for us. You know, so we we see. Uh, declining in numbers, but actually this has been happening for quite some time because we see like that, that the um, prayer was taken out of schools, but we haven't even looked even before then because people like to, to point to that, but even in the 1920s, for example, there was a, a missionary, an Indian missionary, very powerful. He's not really well known, but his name is Sadhu Sundar Singh. Um, um, he was a, a a missionary in India, and he came over to America in the 1920s, and he got to visit a few places. But when he was there, he noticed this, this was in the 1920s, and I believe he was in somewhere on the East Coast. And he said, "Wow, a lot of things. I mean, people, things were moving really, really quickly and fast for him." And he said that uh, somewhere there was reference that uh, America is uh, too busy for for, for uh, God and the things of God. So he left and went to another country, you know, because all the things were happening. That was in the 1920s. What do you think he would say now and almost 100 years later? Because 1920s, when we think about it, that's kind of slow. But now it's like things are moving like, like 
50 times as fast, you know. Anyway, I said, if he was saying all of those things then, what about now? And also I'll say that a lot of times uh, people um America, you know, so given a lot of people, they want to travel overseas and you know, do missions. There's nothing wrong with that. I worked with a mission in the Philippines. I worked with a mission in India. Um, worked with a mission in uh, um, Guatemala, you know. I've never been over there, but uh, um, I work with them, you know. Um, I'm in a partnership, fellowship with them. But I believe right now that uh, America is in a state where they, they need missionaries. You know, some of them, we actually need probably people from other countries to come over here, you know, and uh, and encourage us, you know, and uh, cause us to be uh, get back on, on the right track of where, where our father wants us to be, you know. Um, because it's actually with America, we have now we're known as the melting pot. We have uh, many, many nations of, of every nation, tribe, and tongue right here in one place. So that's one thing that America is known as. And I'm not saying that there's people who doesn't believe and who are not strong for the Father because there are many people. For those of you who listen to Dorothy Carruthers, you know, she has many people who are on fire and for the things of the Father, you know. But still, we have a lot of, a lot of people, even in the church, you know, who, who um, are not on fire for them. So then let's get back to this great commission. Uh, in verse 20, it says, and teach them to obey everything I have committed to you. So that's kind of what we were talking about. Um, and then it ends by saying, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And um, I'm going to close right there, but I want to this end of the age, and I believe I've talked about this before, but um, what, uh, when the scripture talks about the end of the age, and sometimes people translate it as end times, and some people say, okay, we're at the end times right now, and it's basically Jesus saying, I'm with you even to the end of the age, or end of time, you know, so basically when when all chaos is is breaking loose, when it's when it's chaos in your homes, when it's chaos in the in the world and, and the government and nations are rising against nation, you know, and even when the Antichrist is rising up and famine is going in a in a world, guess what? And it's great commission it says no matter which situation or circumstance that we're gonna have Jesus with us so we can have confidence, you know. Confidence the preach preach the good news, this great commission to all the nations of the world. Um, so I'm, I'm going to close right there this evening with that. And um, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Now, did, you, did you have anything on, on that one? Um, I was just thinking it's really strange how our understanding of Father's Word changes down through the years. I mean, it's a good thing we're getting closer to full understanding, but, you know, that's, I had no idea that the Great Commission was not always known as the Great Commission. I just find that so interesting. Yeah, that that's, that's I, when I was looking that up, I was like, wow, really? They, they really, um, was taught that, but I think, like, they, they was teaching that, but I think people was doing it in small little compartments but they really didn't realize uh, that they was doing that. Like, um, uh, I guess, um, Martin, Martin Luther and all of them, because churches were being um, planted and all that kind of stuff. But I guess by, by the time of, like the 1600s, people wasn't really uh, trying to do very much, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until the, when was the 1600s, I think, that uh, – the Bible was put into English so people could really understand it either. So the English-speaking peoples, yeah. I mean, unless you caught something in church. And, and also the the bad thing that I think it's bad is the Catholic Church was teaching in Latin. I mean, how many people know Latin? You know? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they was, they was doing that. Yeah, that that's one of the reasons why Martin Luther, he, he had left. Left them, you know, <laughs> and 
she was able to give us one that was, uh, I think he did, I'm not sure if he did an English or German, but anyway, shortly after that, it became an uh, English. Or, yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing like, when you look at the history. Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine going to church and not being able to understand the teaching? Yeah. The, the, the sad thing is it might be <laughs> some churches go a lot like that. They teach in English, but you can't, you can't. You still don't know what yeah, they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> might as well be in Latin. But the thing is, yeah, back then, if you don't know and they're not trying to, I mean, they saying that's the only only way, and they talk, talking in all this Latin. You can just like, why am I here? <laughs> you know, yeah. right? And you know, in China, the underground church—I don't know if you've heard this or not—but they don't even um, put out flyers or anything because it's underground. They yeah. all depend on the Holy Spirit communicating to everyone in that meeting. When yeah. and where the next I, meeting is going to be. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it's a book that I read. I can't remember the book, but it was uh, talking about that. For uh, Actually, it was someone that was in a group worked for the government. And so they, I guess everyone kind of figured out what was going on. And so they said, we're going to have a meeting. But nobody said when they was going to meet or when the next time they was going to meet. And everybody came to the next meeting except that one person, because like you said, the Holy Spirit had told them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So the, the Holy awesome. Spirit is speaking so, if you're listening. Yeah, got to yeah. listen. And uh, yes. I know a lot of times we miss him. Um, I do want to, and I'm sorry I'm doing this on your show, Jameer, but I want to put a shout out to Cali Girl for leaving such a lovely message on on um, Jerry's video the other night, directed oh, at me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, that was just so one. And, you know, I was having such a bad day. I was having a huge allergic reaction to some propane, and um, which I can't figure out why I was reacting to propane because I never have before unless they changed the stinky formula. You know, mm. but it was bad. It was, I was up all night. I was throwing the fever and, you know, just physically the whole body was in battle mode, you know, and, and I was feeling physically awful. And then I read that comment and she just made my day. I just, yeah. you know, that kind of feedback is so sweet. So I just want to thank Callie girl for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was able to go in. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. You know, you know, you never know who's, uh, out there listening and tuning in and clicking clicking on those uh videos, you know. So that that's great yeah. for us. So because usually people like to click on there when they want to say something negative. <laughs> you know, but it, it it's worth it to do these uh these uh podcasts and do these teachings because people need it, you know, the Holy Spirit is like you was talking about the the Chinese people where the Holy Spirit told them Without the meeting, I believe the Holy Spirit tells people like, "Hey, tune into that or click on that channel," you know. So. Yeah. yeah, feedback is so important because sometimes you know you're just doing what God told you to do, and you don't know if anybody's listening because a lot of people don't talk, and I'm I'm one to say that because I I don't always talk either, so you know it's just. One of those things, but it, just the timing of that comment was so awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So if there's anyone out there listening, um, feel free to like if you listen, just leave leave a little post on one of those uh, on a blog talk or on a YouTube, the Vimo or whichever one you listen to on the SoundCloud. Um, we we. Uh, we're we're looking for them. You got any uh, for me at least any suggestions or recommendations or anything you want to want to hear or learn about? And you can put it on a uh, little comment area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Oh, um, and I'm definitely still floundering looking for a topic for the next on the table show. I don't know. Um, okay. 
Okay, yeah, I still haven't got yeah. a top it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And you, you are. I thought you had had a guest already for it. Well, I haven't heard back from those two. Um, I had okay. reached out to Diamond and Silk, and I have not heard back. So, I think next I'll try reaching out to Candace Owens. She is an okay. awesome young woman. You know, she's only about twenty-eight years old. Oh wow! Yeah, then I'll look and see if I can. I'm not sure if I'm somebody that might want to be on there too. I don't know. I'm not sure. Looking around and seeing some emails about some different people. I don't know. I might have looked in my head. It might take a while for me to find somebody. <laughs> I do that with my emails. Oh, let me save this one for later. You know, and, and later it hardly ever comes sometimes. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have a caller with a hand up. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Let me... Okay, area code 706. Your mic is open. Hello? Sounds like she might be having phone problems. Yeah. Are you there, area code 706? Don't you hate it when that happens, when the phone hurts up, when you're trying to do something? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Oh, she just dropped. She hung up. Maybe she'll call back. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so it sends you a, a notification or something like that. That when it when someone does that. Yeah, it has like a little studio online, you know, where mm-hmm. you can see the phone numbers, and then you have your audio clips that you see, and it'll tell you when phone callers drop, or you know, and when you press the one when you call in, it puts a little question mark next to that phone number. So. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess you might as well start your uh, closing out prayer. Yeah, I guess I might. <laughs> um, I like to thank everyone <laughs> for uh, tuning in um, and listening. Also, don't forget if you if you uh, guys and ladies out there um, would like to get in contact with me and of the book, we have a file you can download. If you want the file downloaded, uh, I'm speaking of the book Manifest Destiny Path Towards Wisdom for free, or also you can get a hard copy. It's nice and shiny, it's brand new, smell like a brand new book. I can mail it to you also. You can uh, get get me on my webpage at www.jamere.org, or you can also send me an email at drmerejay at gmail.com. And um, I can either send you the book or send you the link to uh, download the file. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer. And, um, Father, I, I thank you for your uh, grace, your mercy, and salvation. Father, I thank you for this uh, the great commission, Father. And I, I'm bringing it to our understanding that this is not something that is just the uh, the apostles and the 500 who were there to do, but something that... Uh, we can be involved in too, uh, and winning people to know you and know your goodness and know your love and know how great you are, and know that there, there's hope in no matter whatever situation or circumstance they face. Father, I lift up all those who are list, who are listening, Father Lord, or who will be listening. Father, um, I pray for healing, salvation, deliverance, Father, in their lives, and and I also pray pray that they would uh, come to know you, Father, uh, as a and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father. Um, I just lift up um, America and all the nations throughout the land, Father. Help help us during these uh, crazy, crazy, crazy times, Father. 
Give us strength, Father. Give your people strength, O oh Father. Help us to be light, O oh Father. Um, give us rest and peace, too. We thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, everyone. Um, I guess I will be speaking with you guys next week. And uh, uh, Dorothy, thank you for having me. Oh, you are quite welcome. I love having you here. <laughs> I really do. Um, I want to tell everybody, Father, bless you and keep you all week long till we talk again. And do feel free to contact us on the, you know, make a comment. I get emails and I check them every day from YouTube when you make a comment on a YouTube. So I know it's right there. And I try to reply whenever I can. And if it's out for one of the different hosts, I always forward it to them as well. So they know that you're communicating. So so have a blessed week, everyone. Father bless Jameer. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.